0: Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, no one's mad, right? All right. Do you love me? Well, you have to love me. You don't have to like me. But if, but if you love me, you, you're good. But you know. If you don't love me, you ain't going to heaven. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, Jesus speaking, Behold, I send, circle these two words, the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, please allow me to read that from the message bible. You're the first to hear and see it. You are the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my father promised to you. I am sending what my father what? Promised to you. So stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. I am sending what my Father promised, stay here. Tell your neighbor, stay here. I am sending what my Father promised, stay here until. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 1 says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to leave the city, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, and I'll be done with our text. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Look back at verse 4 of chapter 1. They being assembled together, he commanded them not to leave, but to wait for the promise i'm going to preach a message today entitled extraordinary promises if i was going to subtitle this message i would call it it's worth the wait say that to about four people around you it is worth the wait i dare you to shout it as loud as you can it is worth come on let's put it in the atmosphere today it is worth The way, lift those hands, please. Father, I break every generational curse. I dismiss every distraction from the minds of these, your people. And I ask you, Lord, to deposit within all of us a hunger for your presence. And while we're pursuing your presence, give us a hunger for your word. Give us an appetite for your dialogue. Help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this critical hour. In the name of Jesus, before you sit down, can you clap your hands, all ye people? Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Can you give Him praise today, Lord? We bless you. High five three people and tell them it's on in the building right now, amen? You may be seated of recent days and weeks. We've discussed the idea of serving an extraordinary God. We have been thinking and talking and discussing the idea of we do not serve an ordinary God. We serve an extraordinary God. Tell your neighbor God is just a little extra. He's He's just a little extra. And in this series we've We've talked about such things as an extraordinary people. Pastor Josh came in here and preached on an extraordinary day. We have preached on extraordinary power. Last week we talked about extraordinary expectations. And today we land on the consideration of extraordinary promises. I've spent the last month on these same verses of scripture each time I preach. And each time I read them, there's a new revelation that jumps off these scriptures and into my spirit. For two weeks, these four words will not leave me alone. Wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. Can you say it with me? Wait for the promise. They stood out to me like almost like the northern star against a black velvet midnight sky. I cannot get those four words out of my heart. I'm driving and I'm thinking about wait for the promise. I sat down yet to eat and I'm thinking four words, wait for the promise. I think about what people are going through in the time that we live in, and I keep hearing the words, wait for the promise. I see some of your faces, and I think about some of your marriages, and I look at some of your children, and I hear the word of the Lord, wait for the promise. When I read those words, I asked myself, why? Why Why does God tell us to wait for something that he promised that we could have? He could have given it to them right then. He could have given it to them right there. But he says, wait. Wait for the promise. I've learned something. That impatience will always produce bad decisions. Maybe I need to say that one more time. Impatience will always produce bad decisions. Waiting has a way of placing you in the humble position of learning that God is in control. Waiting has a way of placing you in the humble position of learning that you are not in control. God is in control. Waiting teaches us that what we want and when we want it is not necessarily what we need or when we need it. I'm going to say that again as well because I want all of this to resonate in your heart today. You're going to leave this building today changed by the power of the preached word of Jesus Christ. Waiting teaches us that what we want, when we want it, is not necessarily what we need or when we need it. Waiting teaches us to think more creatively. Hmm. We live in a time that demands everything to be instant. (laughs) You don't even have to go to the store no more and have your groceries ordered and delivered to your front door and you never get out of your chair at your house. Everything is instant. I got a question for you. What do you prefer? prefer, um, Instant grits or stovetop? I like grits. Some of you that do not understand the blessing of grits have a way of putting sugar on your grits. Hang out with me and I'll show you. You just put butter and salt and pepper and you got real grits. Grits are not made for sugar. Lord have mercy. They need salt and butter, real butter. Some pepper, black pepper. we make grits in our house and we make them the right way. And one day we ran out of grits and I told Giovanna, I've got a hankering for grits. And she said, babe, we don't have any stovetop grits, but I do have these packages. And I said, I want them so bad I'll take the package And she put the grits in the microwave. The microwave produced the grits in just about 30 seconds. When the grits came out, I put the butter. I put the salt. I put the black pepper. You know, when I put butter on my grits, I want it to float. Where you can see the butter just on top of the grits. And a little piece of the butter in the middle of the grits. And the butter's all around the edge of the bowl. You can see it there. It's transparent, but it's kind of yellowish in its color. And here come the grits. They looked right. The butter sat in there right. The salt level was right. The pepper was just right. But when I tasted the grits, I realize this ain't grits. This is a substitute for the real thing. Are y'all with me today? A good gumbo, I'm a Louisiana Cajun boy, a good gumbo is not made in a microwave. A good gumbo requires the right roux. And the roux takes time. And if you cook the roux just five seconds too long, It will get just a taste of burnt in it. And just that little taste of burnt can ruin the entire gumbo. So you gotta take your time. And you gotta know just how to add the flour when the oil is set just right in its temperature. And you better be good at whisking. Because if you're gonna make good gumbo, it's gonna take some work. And your wrist is gonna get tired. And you're looking at it. You're looking for the right color. It can't be too light, and it can't be too dark. It has to look just right. And you know it's right when the color is right. I'll stop. I'm getting hungry now. I'm sorry. This has nothing to do with the message. I was just thinking about how hungry I am. But that gumbo must, that roux must sit there, and then you start adding stuff to it. And a real gumbo to make real gumbo is about a 45-minute to an hour process. And then you have to slow cook it, put it on simmer. Here's the problem with us. We don't like slow cook. We want it, and we want it right now. And that's basically how we are in life. What we want, we want. And we want it. <laughs> I'm going to give you a simple, simple definition. I'm sorry, I was just thinking about some marriages. But I'm going to leave it alone though. Picking partners. But I'm going to leave that alone. To wait is to look eagerly for something with hope. And expectation. Okay, now let's get into the word. Are you ready? Waiting has a way of separating takers from receivers. We talked about takers and receivers a little bit last week. The Bible in our text is very plain about the promise. It says wait until you receive. I wrote this down, that we have mishandled the promise by being impatient and by being selfish. This promise is good enough to be waited on. Terry, until, is two very strong words. Terry, until, and if you think back, many of you over your Christian life, in the origin of your walk with Jesus, you didn't just whisper a prayer, but you learned how to pray until something happened. <laughs> There's a difference in taking and receiving. You will receive the promise. Taking is something that requires what I told you last week, just you and what you want. You can take from someone. You can take something from somewhere. As I prayed about it this morning, the Lord showed me one more thing about taking. You can take what is rightfully yours before you are prepared to receive it. You can take what is rightfully yours before you are prepared to see it or to receive it. Luke chapter 15, you know the story, the story of the prodigal son. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, give me my portion of goods that falls to me. Listen to what the Bible says, and he divided unto his sons his living message Bible reads it like this the younger said to his father I want right now what is coming to me he asked for what he was not ready to receive and he took what he was not ready to handle he asked for what he was not ready to receive so he took what he was not ready to handle I find it interesting That this boy asked for his inheritance, and inheritance is given to you after somebody dies. He wanted the inheritance before his dad was even gone. You know what that tells me? He wanted the gift more than he wanted the giver. Y'all know? He wanted the the gift more than he wanted the gift. He wanted the inheritance. More than he wanted his father. Woo! Many people want healing, but they don't want the healer. You want to be restored, but you don't want a relationship with the restorer. Talk back to me today. We want our stuff more than we want him. We want resource. Before we want relationship. Therefore we use God as a heavenly Santa Claus and a cosmic bellhop. God don't work at Sonic. He don't work at Burger King. Just getting it your way when you want it. God is not that kind of God. Are y'all with me? Receiving. It's more dynamic than taking. Woo! Receiving requires a giver and a receiver. There must be a giver if someone is to receive. It requires that both are in agreement about the engagement. Otherwise, you just take it. Promise is to be, everyone say it with me, received. You don't want to say it, but I'm going to convince you you need to. Everyone say it again. The promise is to be received, not taken. Whew. I've watched in my time. People take the call, take the gift, take the mantle. Elijah did not tell Elisha, take the mantle. He gave it to him to receive it. Elisha did not pursue Elijah to take the mantle. Elijah pursued Elisha to receive the mantle. There are two kinds of people in church, consumers and contributors. And we have packed churches full of people that want to take from the kingdom. They want to take from God. They want to consume everything that God has for them, but they do not want to contribute. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give, because what you take, you don't want to let go of. But what you receive, you can't wait to share. I dare you to throw your head back and shout, wait on it. Tell three people around you, wait on it, wait on it. Some of y'all took your husband and didn't receive him. (laughs) And the only reason you took him is because you was afraid that other girl was going to get him first. I'll drop this on you. Never substitute God's plan for your own selfish desires. I dare you to shout it with conviction, now wait on it, wait on it. Many times in our waiting, we take matters into our own hands. (laughs) I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 16, and verse number 1 and 2, I won't read it for the sake of time, but Sarah got impatient. (laughs) She said, God has not given me what he promised, and so... She looked at Abraham and said, just go sleep with my handmaid because I'm tired of waiting. She substituted the promise of God for her plan. Can I read to you verse 12 of Genesis 16? Because you couldn't wait, now you're going to give birth to a wild donkey of a man. Some of y'all got some wild asses in your life. got some wild situations in your life and it's just because you couldn't wait on God. Hmm. This thing you birthed will always be against everybody and everything. And he will always live in hostility toward his own family even. And you're wondering why there's hostility all around you is because you couldn't wait on God's You couldn't wait on God's promise, so you took it into your own hands and you created something now you can't control. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God's purpose is God's promise. The King James Version of verse 21, Proverbs 19, doesn't use the word plans. It says, many are the devices of a man's heart. You know what a device is? A device is a contrivance. It has to do with fabricating and manipulating. I'll say it like this. Never allow your device to become a vice to the plan of God. Stop manipulating God's mission. When you manipulate the mission, you will always create a mess. But I want him because he's fine. But I want him because he's got money. You saw the fine and you saw the money and you was ready to say, I do, I will, I am. I is." you didn't really want a partner for purpose. You wanted money. And you wanted fine. And you got it. You went to bed with him. Hold on. I'm not going to get unclean here. Stay with me. You, You went to bed with him. And he looked like Brad Pitt. You woke up and realized he was Frankenstein. (laughs) He wasn't what you thought you had. Why? Because you didn't wait. I can't tell you how many. I told y'all don't come to me for counseling. Because I'm going to look at you and say, are you kidding me? You've known this cat right here for three months. Three weeks, and now you're going to marry this guy? Does he tithe? If he don't tithe, he's a robber. So ask him for his tithing record. Boy, it's getting quiet now because half y'all don't tithe. But I, I better move on in the message. Now some of y'all want to see your husband's checkbook right now. If he'll rob from God, what makes you think he's going to be faithful to you? You married the mess, and then you put God's name on it, and you stay married to him by saying what God joined together. Let no man put us on. God never joined you together, crazy. You did that. Somebody better shout, wait on it. The purpose of waiting for the promise, the purpose of waiting is not to prepare the promise. The purpose of waiting is to prepare you. The purpose of waiting is not to prepare the promise. The purpose of waiting is to prepare you for the promise. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2 that the vision, according to verse 3, is for an appointed time. It will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it. It will come. The message Bible says the vision, the promise, message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. It doesn't lie. If it seems slow in getting there, wait. It's on its way, it will be right on time. The vision is for an appointed time. You know what it means? A fixed time, a due season. It comes from a Hebrew word that means when all things are assembled. If it's assembled, then it is put together properly. It fits together. Let me help you all. If it don't ever fit, then never ever marry it. And stop forcing what does not fit. It is tight. What is the appointed time? The appointed time is when all things fit. The appointed time is when all things come together and it makes sense. Well, I didn't think we would run or shout today because nobody likes hearing. I wasn't going to say that, but Y'all did. No one likes hearing wait. No one likes hearing that. No one likes hearing you say, man, you got an incredible thing coming towards you. Wait. No one wants to hear that. So should we just go ahead and dismiss? Because all I'm going to do is keep preaching on it. So I'm not thinking to change the subject to make you thrilled. I'm going to tell you, we live in a very impatient, selfish generation that wants what they want, and they want it now. And nobody preaches these kind of messages because it tells people, you can't have it like that. All right. First of all, if you're going to wait, remember what you're waiting for. He said wait for the promise. He did not say... Wait for the person. He did not say wait for the promotion. He did not say wait for the position. He said wait for the promise. If the position is not God's promise, you don't want it. If the person is not God's promised person, you don't want them. If the promotion is not God's promised promotion, you don't want it. Let me help you today. Get used to waiting on what God calls his promise, not your desire. Wait for the promise. God's promises are virtually obligations that he imposes upon himself. God's promises are virtually obligations that he imposes on himself. What is a promise? A promise is a vow. Listen to me carefully. To do something or to refrain from doing something. A promise is sometimes God telling you, I'm not going to let you have it. Because I know something about it you don't know. My promise is to keep you. My promise is to guard you. My promise is to protect you. So sometimes I will refrain from getting active in your prayer. Why? For your good. You can't just put God on everything you request. There's something called the will of God. If it's a promise, then you can relax. Because the Bible says for all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus through us. The only place he can fulfill a promise is through you. But if it's not something he promised, then quit frustrating yourself trying to have what God did not promise you that you could enjoy. For example, God promised you health. God promised you wealth. God promised you peace. God promised you joy. God promised you to be blessed. Come on, you can tell your neighbor, you can count on that. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 15, the Message Bible. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. I will bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that, had, that God had been, or God had promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them. So, that so if there's any question, they'll, back it good, they'll make it good on that promise. The authority backs them up. But when God wanted to guarantee his promises to you, he gave his word, a rock-solid guarantee. God cannot break his word. And because his word cannot change, then the promise is likewise unchangeable. So before we get a notion that because of all that's happened in the world since 2020, that God backed up on his promises. I came here to readjust your faith and tell you you might have to wait on it. But if God promised it to you, come hell or high water, come opinion or reputation, come demons or devils or principalities, it does not matter because God will do what he said, he will do, he will stand by his word and God will come through. God is a God of promise and if he promised it to you it's worth waiting on. Tell your neighbor if it's his promise then it's worth waiting on. If it's God's promise it's worth waiting on. Don't get impatient. Do not be distracted. Do not substitute for something else. God will do what he said he would do. I dare you to shout to God right now if you believe that God is a God of promise. That's why the Bible says in Acts 2.39 that the promise is for you and your children. Your children are depending on you to hold to the promise of God. Don't let your children see you wavering. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If you believe that God is a God of promise, no matter what the checkbook says, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the circumstance says, you say, I'm gonna hold on to God's promise. Because his word is unchangeable, therefore his promise is unchangeable. Tell your neighbor God has not changed his mind about your promise. Sometimes you gotta sit down, sometimes you gotta be still, sometimes you gotta be patient. But it's worth the wait because nothing is more fulfilling than when God manifests his promise in your life. And I came out to tell you: exit doubting today. Leave doubting in your past. Throw your hands open to God and say, I will wait for your promise. You promised power. You promised presence. You promised provision. You promised healing. You promised blessing. And I will wait till my change comes. It might not look like I want it to look. It might not feel like I want it to feel. But I do not trust my feelings concerning the promise of God. I don't have to feel right for the promise to be right. I don't have to have the facts in order to see the promise made manifest. The truth is the truth and the devil is a liar. If there's anybody in this building that would say, I am here to receive and enjoy the promises of God in my life, I dare you to stand up and praise him like you know his promise is on its I've learned something about the promise, that when the promise is taking longer, the blessing is much larger. the promise takes longer to get to me, that just means when it arrives, it's a lot bigger than I thought it was gonna be. And I came to tell somebody, you've been waiting, and you've been waiting, and you've been waiting, and God said the blessing is on its way. But when it gets there, it's gonna blow your natural mind. God is up to something big. If you believe it, I dare you to give God a crazy praise in this place. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Why did he say they that wait upon the Lord shall renew? Listen to me. It's not the promise. Listen to me now. It's not the promise that has wearied you. Hold back to me. It's not the promise that made you lose expectation and excitement. The promise hadn't changed. Oh, if I was in shape, I'd run y'all all around this building today not the promise that causes you to be, need to be renewed. I'm going to ask it another way. Have you ever get tired while you was, y'all not hearing this preacher preach just right. Have you ever got just plumb war out? Not cause you running. it, cause you walking not cause you flying you wore out cause you waiting you've even said it to people i'm tired of waiting on my wife i'm tired of waiting on this job I'm tired of waiting on this church to catch on fire. I'm tired of waiting. We- I'm tired of waiting. And God said, don't you worry about it, baby. Cause right there in your waiting, I will renew your strength. Right there in your, right there in your waiting, you shall mount up with wings like an eagle. You shall run and not be, talk back to me. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. Tell your neighbor I'm still waiting. But while I'm waiting, if you think I'm gonna stop praising, you have lost your mind. While I'm waiting, if you think I'm gonna stop worshiping, you have lost your mind. And while I'm waiting, if you think I'm gonna stop praying, then you have underestimated my commitment to the cause of Christ in this earth. I wish somebody would just lose your mind in praising Him right now knowing that the promise is coming up the road. The promise is coming to your prayer. The promise is coming to your request. How bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough? You'll keep praising. Do you want it bad enough? You'll keep worshiping. Do you want it bad enough? You'll keep praying. Do you want it bad enough? You'll keep on fasting. Woo! Throw your head back, open your mouth and shout, it's worth the wait. Tell four people around you, it is worth the wait. Got it again. It's worth the wait. Quit just taking stuff. Stop just taking stuff. Stop taking stuff. Wait on God. Wait on him and you'll receive it. Wait for the promise. Wait for, let's see, come on. Wait for, I was single 14 years. You're talking about a substitute. You could call me the substitute teacher. Somebody told me when I went through what I went through. They said, you'll be married in three weeks, three months. You ain't going to be, it ain't going to be a year. You're going to be remarried. I said, why do you think that? And they looked at me. I guess it was a compliment. They said, you the marrying kind. Man, let me tell you something. I don't know how many times I tried to substitute. I'd find this substitute, hey, what's your name? You wanna go out on a little date with the bishop? Y'all can't take my transparency, you can't handle me. You can't handle real. I can tell y'all the church that cannot handle real. My friends in LA, they said, Butch, you remember, Butch, we will remember. They said, Come on out to LA, Bishop. We're going to introduce you to some important people. Erica remembers, I go out there, I'm meeting everybody. I didn't care who their name was, how well they were known, what celebrity they was. If I thought they were fine, I was like, Hey, girl, you want to go out? Man, I was trying to find the promise. First thing I know, man, I'm riding around with celebrities in my car, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the T-R-U-T-H truth. The finer they were, the more interested I was. I wasn't working, looking for nothing else, but just I need them good looking and just, you know, just be good. And then, boy, after about 12 years of that, I got I I said I didn't spend too much money I ain't buying another meal that expensive I ain't going to impress nobody no more I'm done a year and a half I spent dating no one that if you want to know if God's a miracle working God I just told you And I made a commitment to God. I'm done. I'm single. The rest of my life, I will live my life, the rest of my life in celibacy. I'm going to be holy. I ain't dating no more women. And I sure ain't interested in no man. Before y'all start getting weird ideas. I'm all man, honey. Top to bottom man. And I, I said, I see it. And I received that phone call that day from the Hageys about coming do that TV show. And I had no idea. It was hot. I had no idea, Tony. I was going to walk on that TV set and find my promise. And when I walked out there and I saw them dragging that girl down that dusty road, the woman caught in the act of adultery and I'm the preacher, and I'm supposed to step out in front of the camera and say, now this girl is like this because, and now Jesus is the answer because, mercy resides above the law. The law says stoner, but the mercy of God says forgive her. Boy, when I got right there, I looked down, and I saw them Hispanic eyes looking up at me doing this, and I was mesmerized. Can I tell you, I went in the shock and awe. I looked back at the camera and I said, God bless you. God bless you. Cut. I run over to the place where Dustin was. I got to find my son. I said, Dustin, did you see the woman caught in the act of adultery? He said, yeah, Dad, you know her. She used to go to the church years and years ago. I said, I never met her. He said, yeah, you did. And I said, no, I didn't meet that girl. I don't forget that kind. He looked right at me and he said, Dad, of any woman you've dated in 14 years, and you were engaged to one, if I said her name, all y'all would know her. And he said, of all them people, if you ask me, Dad, She's the promise. I said, boy, don't talk to me like that. He said, I'm telling you, Dad, that's one of the best girls you'll ever meet. I said, where is the woman? She was sitting down over there. And I just went and sat next to her. I said, girl, what is your digits? I started blowing her inbox up on her Facebook. I'm here. I'm here to pray for any need. I'm here to intercede. I'm available to you. Just give me a call. Here's my phone number. You ever heard of the persistent widow? Now you heard of the persistent pastor. Until she finally said, let's go to lunch. That's all I needed. Brother, I'm telling you right now, give me a lunch. Two years later, married. Y'all now hear me preach to you. Year and a half later, baby. Now I got the promise and an unexpected promise. Are y'all here right now? I got two promises in one. But I didn't get it until, Lord, I, till I said, "Lord, I'm gonna wait, and if it don't never come, I will never have it." But I ain't dating nobody. I ain't doing nothing else that is not Your will. Not doing it no more. I'm not playing no more. Now my promise sits on this front row. Wave to everybody, promise. Wave to everybody, promise. Let's all stand.